church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and I am excited about the podcast today, and I'm delighted that you're listening to this podcast with me. I've been given a lot of thought recently, uh, sparked by a number of things that have happened to me about a concept that I will title the free gift that will cost you everything. Not long ago, uh, a friend of the family died far too young, good looking, outgoing guy, loved by everyone, professed to be a godly Christian, but there was nothing about his life that reflected obedience to God's teachings. One of my grandchildren who knew him and loved him came up to me and asked the question, did I think that he was in heaven? And it was a difficult question uh, to answer, and I'm not going to leave you hanging out there today. I'll tell you exactly how I answered it. Uh, I reminded my uh, grandson that there was a a man on the cross with Jesus who had lived anything but a godly life, deserved to be crucified. But on that day of Jesus's crucifixion, uh, he expressed his love and acknowledgement that Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus answered that today you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, it's my feeling that Jesus was able to look into that man's heart and know that he was sincere. So the way I answered my grandson's question was only Jesus, only Jesus will know if our friend uh, is with him in heaven. Uh, we we are unable to make that assessment. You know, and much of the evangelical work that I do, I find myself in uh, uh, large numbers of people where I'm able to interact with them and ask them questions about faith. And, and many, many people will profess that they are Christians and know Jesus, but there's nothing in their behavior or lifestyle uh, that would reflect that. And so uh, it's troubling. It's troubling to see the frequency that this happens. Now, Christians uh, know that salvation's free. There's nothing that we can do to earn it. I had a friend, a homeless friend. His name was Kevin. And one evening, Kevin came up to me and said, Dennis, uh, have you got $20 I can have? And I said, Kevin, I sure do. And I pulled out a $20 bill and I handed it to Kevin. And immediately he said, I promise I'll pay you back. 
Now, I knew that there was no way that Kevin, a homeless man, was going to be able to pay me back. And there was nothing that Kevin had done to earn the $20 uh, that I gave him. The only thing that existed between Kevin and I was that I loved him and he loved me. And so it was a free gift. I expected nothing in return. And, uh, and, and I knew that Kevin could not pay me back. And, and it's much the same way with the salvation that uh, Jesus promises us. Uh, we can't uh, do anything to earn our salvation. In Ephesians 2.8, it says, For it is by the grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God not by works, so no man can boast. Just like the $20 I gave to my homeless friend, Kevin. God's gift of salvation is free. But it does lead us to the question, doesn't it, that is there more to salvation in the Christian faith? And I begin to think, you know, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he said to his disciples, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. That was his direct admonition, command to his disciples. Follow me. Well, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that mean? I once heard a preacher give this example. He said, you know, If I told you that a herd of elephants was in my backyard last night, you would probably look at me and be a little bit suspicious. You would probably want to go into my backyard and see if there were any footprints of elephants, see if there were any droppings of elephants, see if there's any damage done to the brush and the, and the plantings. And finding none, you would probably say, I question this story. You know, when we see nothing in someone's life, and it's not just we, it's Jesus. When Jesus sees nothing in someone's life, that indicates any obedience to his teachings, it must raise the same kind of question. Uh, Is this person really committed to me? Does this person uh, really love me? You know, in John 14, Jesus said straight out, anyone who loves me will follow my teachings. And anyone who does not love me will not follow my teachings. That's pretty straightforward, and uh, and it should. It doesn't mean that we have to be perfect individuals. Jesus doesn't expect that. He expects us to be committed to Him, to love Him so much that we are doing our best to be obedient and follow His teachings. You know, over in Matthew seven uh, twenty four uh, through twenty seven, <clears throat> you know the. Uh, Jesus said it this way. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Now, Jesus is telling us that he expects us, as he told his disciples, to follow him and be obedient to his teachings. You know, Jesus's life gave us many examples about how to follow him. One of the great stories in the scripture is Jesus washing his disciples' feet, simply to show the importance of humility and how to become servant leaders. Uh, following Jesus means imitating his example and obeying his teachings. You know, as we read about his life in the Gospels, two things stand out, faith and love. Jesus wants to be our Savior, but he also wants to be our Lord, which has to do with following him. You know, Jesus gave us examples of, of uh, how to depend on God. You know, Jesus turned to his father, God, when he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Uh, he again depended on his father, God, when he was raising Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And he turned to his father when he was agonizing over submitting to his father's will on the cross, period. Jesus expects the same kind of faith from his followers. You know, remember, he upgraded his disciples for their lack of faith when they were in danger of drowning in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. This story is found in Mark 4, if you would like to go to it. and He told them that they were unable to cast out demons because of their faith. Yes. Jesus wants us to have the same faith in God that he exhibited. Now, this kind of Christ-like faith does not come easy. It's not really natural for us. It requires reading and, and trying to digest God's word, the scripture. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, prayerfully acting on it in a sense of obedience, we begin to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus, his entire life calls us to uh, a life of love. You know, in Matthew 22, he, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, calling this the greatest commandment. And second to this, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And then in John 13, 
He says, we must love one another as he loves us. And this was just before he's about to lay down his life for his creation. In other words, we should be loving our neighbors so much that like Jesus, we're willing to lay down our lives for others. This is a high calling. It's it's a high bar. And it's very difficult for us to reach. You know, uh, in one way, it's reassuring because uh, it tells us, he's telling us, you know, we should love our neighbors as uh, as we love ourselves. Um, we should do for them what we would expect if we were in their same shoes. It doesn't mean that we have to have a... Uh, a chemistry with everyone we meet and that we should have this uh, uh, sort of friendly feeling about everyone we interact with. It really means that we should show Christ-like love and treat others as we would expect to be treated if we were in their shoes. You know, uh, it seems like today that so many people are filled with uh, malice toward others, that that contention and criticism and division is abundant all around us. You know, uh, as I alluded to earlier, there seems to be many who at some time have said a prayer of salvation, uh, but for some reason are not willing to give up anything to follow Jesus. They love the American lifestyle and culture so much that they're unwilling to conform to God's will for their life. They seem to want just enough of the blood of Jesus to give them hope, but not enough to fulfill the purposes of God. I've heard some refer to these professed Christians as vampire Christians who want just a little blood, not too much, to change anything in their life. You know, when you step back and reflect on all of this, you can't help but then go back to the scripture and look at the things that Jesus says to us in Luke 6, 46 Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So, you know, here we again, we see Jesus's focus and his expectation that we follow him, you know, in obedience to his teachings. And then over in Matthew 7, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He went on to say that many will minister in his name and he will say, I never knew you. This has always been a disturbing verse to me. Um, It's really sending the message that Jesus expects total commitment that when he looks into your heart when he looks into your heart and knows you 
he understands your commitment or your lack of commitment, that there's nothing we can do to fool him, to fool him, saying, you may have used my name, you may have told people that uh, that you are a Christian, that you know me, but I'm going to say to you, I never knew you. That should be a tremendous motivation for all of us who know about the life of Jesus and know the sacrifice on the cross. You know, it's uh, it, it's really uh, a disturbing time we live in. It seems that there's such an erosion of morality in our country in every direction we look, uh, you know, from uh, uh, from the Abuse of substances, uh, everything from alcohol to uh, legal drugs and illegal drugs, from the uh, explosion of pornography and in, in, uh, um, on every level, even on some of our uh, uh, prime time television today, we see what many would call soft, uh, soft core pornography. Uh, and uh, every kind of uh, lifestyle being pursued that clearly does not fit with biblical teachings. All of this is, is happening around us as we live in a nation where so many people say, I am a Christian, I know God, and I know Jesus, but are unwilling to turn away from this American lifestyle. You know, uh, I think it's pretty clear that Jesus tells us very explicitly that if we love him, that we will follow him and that we will strive to obey his teaching. Our salvation is dependent on our love of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So if we truly love him, we will want to uh, enthusiastically give up our personal hopes and dreams and replace it with the hopes and dreams that Jesus has for us. You know, in Matthew 11, he tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's really not confining to follow Jesus. It's actually liberating. You know, uh, uh, if you get up every day and you know exactly where you stand, um, I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, plant your feet in the right place and stand firm. Plant your feet in the right place and stand firm. Well, the teachings of Jesus Christ is the right place to plant your feet. You know, if you've been a vampire Christian, today is the day to make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ, not to just know who he is, but to follow him. And if you're listening to this podcast and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, You can, through prayer, confess your sins and ask him to become part of your life. 
Don't be one of these people who others question their commitment. Be a Christian that everyone can see the light of the world. May God bless you.